0: You're listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. A podcast that'll change how you think and change your life. I'm Willie Horton and I'm a psychologist. i been helping people change their lives since 1996. Broadcasting from the French Alps. and delighted to have you along. Let's take this week's step in the right direction. Over the years, on many different occasions... Many different organizations or potential clients have asked me, would I do some resilience training for them? Because they've looked at my website or looked at some of my posts or looked at some of my 700 plus weekly videos online and they've obviously realized first of all that I take a particular approach to how the normal mind can be retooled and how the normal brain can be restructured to enable us do what we need to do to get to where we want to go and obviously that includes things like the management of stress. I use that phrase, stress management, very loosely because very often over the years people have asked me do I do stress management programs? And my answer is the same answer that I give when people ask me would you do a resilience training program for me? My answer always is I don't do that kind of stuff for a whole variety of reasons. Let's deal with the stress one first because the stress is actually the easier one to deal with. Stress doesn't exist. It is like beauty. It is in the mind of the beholder. One person's motivation, one person's excitement, is another person's anxiety, another person's stress. We, as normally minded human beings, choose stress. We choose to impose stress upon ourselves. It is a figment of our I was going to say our imagination but it's a figment of an automated process known as cognitive appraisal where I evaluate what is going on and decide whether I'm up to the task or not. Now on the face of it that would actually appear to be what's going on in my head but it's far weirder than that because rather than me evaluating what's going on who I think I am with all my perceived flaws evaluates what who I think I am thinks is going on. We're three or four steps removed from reality. Then, who I think I am, having evaluated what who I think I am thinks is going on, decides whether or not who I think I am is up to dealing with the imaginary challenge that has been put before me in Nothing other than my own mind. Yeah, life is full of challenges. Life will throw curved balls at you all of the time. Some of them, by the way, you can just let drift by. Very often the stuff that does people's heads in. Very often the stuff that is crowding people's to-do lists. If they get distracted, for example, by something real that they have to do, or, for example, a real crisis that, you know, they have to go and firefight, they discover that a lot of the stuff that was on their to-do list kind of looked after itself, or maybe somebody looked after it in their absence. The fact is that we burn an awful lot of our own neural energy. We waste an awful lot of our own precious vital energy getting stressed about stuff that doesn't require our attention at all at all. But what about the stuff that does? First of all, you'd be far better able to deal with what you have to deal with if you didn't think that you were stressed as a result of being confronted with the fact that you have to deal with it. Uh, there's, there's a load of research, there's a load in particular of neuroscientific research in relation to how much easier it is to do what you have to do when you take all the flawed thought processes of the normal mind out of the equation. And actually one of the most flawed thought processes that we carry around with us and hold dear to us daily is the thought process that gives us the warped impression of who we think we are. And that is always, always going to lead to an automated choice to be stressed because we always think we are less than who we actually can be. Not one of us using our minds normally can begin to understand our own potential, our own potential for coping I'll come back to that word a little later on, our own potential for simply doing what we need to do in the face of adversity, and even more importantly, our own potential to do what we need to do to live the kind of life that would enable us to live up to our true and real potential. What a difference between what I've just said and somebody who's suffering from stress, or should I say somebody who thinks they're suffering from stress. But as I've said to many clients over the years, if you think you're suffering from stress, you are. Pure and simple. It is all a product of thought. So, am I saying that stress is not real? Yes, I am. Am I saying that the actual physical results of being stressed are not real? No, I'm not saying that at all, because there is years of research in relation to what stress does to the mind and the body. Cast your mind back, any of you listening to this who is old enough, like myself, to remember when people died of stomach ulcers caused by stress. Because one of the things that we know for sure is that regular stress, and in particular, it, not big stress, drip 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 effect of low-level Background, everyday stress, that suppresses the digestive system and gives rise to all kinds of digestive illnesses. Let me put it another way the lack of ease in the mind that produces the thought that gives rise to stress creates a lack of ease or a disease in the body. We know, for example, as well, that stress suppresses the immune system and that's why for example so many people who are living perceived stressful lives take their two weeks off to go on holiday try to relax and in the first couple of days get sick because their immune system has been compromised by the fact that they have been stressed consistently for so long and without the drip 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 of cortisol and its attendant adrenaline in the first few days of a holiday They get a head cold or they get a flu. I know so many people, and you are probably one of the people who has been there, done that, and may well have a couple of t-shirts to show for it. We know that this low-level, everyday background stress that I'm talking about increases the heart rate, is, as we speak, giving rise to what the World Health Organization calls the pandemic of hypertension everyday stress increases your blood pressure. Everyday stress also increases the production of bad fatty cholesterol in the system. Everyday stress is directly related to pretty much all cardiovascular incidents. There's research going back even to the 80s on that that basically concluded with the sentence that said everybody that was interviewed in all the main hospitals on the east coast of America in cardiac care units knew exactly why they were there. They could pinpoint exactly the cause of the stress that led to their having a cardiac incident. We know this stuff. And yet, and yet... Stress is something you choose to do to yourself. Now, stress is hardwired into us, by the way, because 10,000 years ago, if a tiger jumped out of the bushes, the stress response would be triggered straight away the stress response would turn off my digestive system and my immune system because I don't need to worry about whether I'm going to catch next winter's flu or not in that moment and I certainly don't need to worry about whether I'll suffer from indigestion after this morning's breakfast. In that moment what I need is highly oxygenated blood pumping through my veins. In other words the heart rate and the blood pressure have gone up. That saved my life 10,000 years ago because that stress response allied to a complete and utter clarity in my doing mind enabled me to do just what I need to do in that moment to survive. There are no man or woman eating tigers in the 21st century. There are the imaginary paper tigers of the boss you don't like, the person who bullies you, the person who you married and you don't love anymore, the children who are doing your head in, the teenagers who are really doing your head in. All these little paper tigers trigger the same stuff that was triggered by the real thing 10,000 years ago. And it's happening to most people every day. And it could be even less significant stuff that is triggering that stress. Like, oh, it's Monday and I don't like Mondays. Oh, it's Wednesday and I'm gonna have to wait another two days for the weekend. Oh no, I'm stuck in traffic again. Oh no, I'm late for the train. Oh no, my internet isn't working. blah 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 Little stuff, all of which passes. But what doesn't pass is the damage we do to our own minds and bodies as a result of choosing to be stressed until we choose to do something about it. Hold that thought for a minute, because I wanted to come back to where this particular episode started, on the basis that so many people over the years have asked me, would I do some resilience training for them? Resilience means that I am going to do my utmost to put up with the stress that isn't there. It's absolutely crazy. In every single case where I've ever been asked, would you do some resilience training for us? I have said, I don't do that kind of thing. Why would I train people to put up with what isn't there? Or even if there is stuff like ongoing serious pressure. Uh, For example, I work with one particular client who has been working through and dealing with crisis after crisis in his particular organisation for seven straight years, with almost no respite at all along the way. So that is a guy that can either cope with that, and I said I'd come back to the word cope, he can either cope with that Or he can take an entirely different approach and say, well, I don't need to cope with the thoughts in my own head that would give rise to the stress which multiplies the real pressure that I'm under. I think I'll just turn up to the here and now and deal with the real things that I have to deal with which would otherwise run away with me if my mind let them. It's interesting that so much has been written about resilience and the extent to which... The human race prides itself on its resilience. Yeah, you know, if we go back again to 10,000 years ago and, you know, the migration of the human race to various different parts of the world and the various different climactic challenges that they encountered or survival challenges they encountered, yeah, just like stress saved our lives 10,000 years ago, resilience enabled us to survive and thrive 10,000 years ago. But again, we don't have those challenges in this day and age. What we have now is stuff that we have to deal with, and stuff that we don't have to deal with. So why would we pride ourselves on putting up with stuff that we shouldn't have to put up with at all? Simple example. If I am stuck in a difficult relationship, if I'm stuck in a toxic relationship, why would I be resilient rather than ending the toxic relationship? It's a, it's a very simple question. And people will say to me, oh, but I couldn't end that relationship. Or what would the other person think? Or what would I do on my own? or you know, Again, 100,000 different excuses that all come from thinking about how much better off I am in the toxic relationship. Than thinking about that I mightn't be better off afterwards. It's back to the point that I made earlier on in relation to potential. It's only when we get out of our own way, when we stop our own thinking mind, thinking up these excuses about things that we really need to do in life to stop putting up with stuff that we shouldn't have to put up with. It's only when we stop giving attention to those thoughts that we actually liberate ourselves and enable us do the right things in the right way at the right time without any of the attendant bravery and courage that normal people would think is required. You see the only reason that normal people think you need to be brave and courageous is that they're thinking about it and they're thinking about how doing the right thing would take them outside their comfort zone and they're thinking about the fact that you know that's not me. (laughs) It's all it's all again based on thought. There's no point in this life in putting up with anything with which you shouldn't put up, whether that be the ongoing pressure of a job. You know, it eventually gets to the point in most people's lives where they say, well, I've actually had enough of that. Or as somebody said to me recently, God, I wasted the first 59 years of my life. What they realized was that, that they now had a choice. So it didn't matter what had gone before, what matters is what they did now what choice they made when they were talking to me and that's what matters to you now it doesn't matter that you've been suffering from stress or thinking that you've been suffering from stress and as a result really have been suffering from stress for the last x number of weeks months or years it doesn't matter that you have been priding yourself on the resilience of putting up with crap that you shouldn't be putting up with at all for perhaps again, weeks, months, or years up to now. None of that matters. What matters is the next choice you make in this here and now. And the choice you have to make, strangely enough, is not a momentous choice. The choice you have to make is, well, will I turn up to the here and now? Will I turn up to my own life? Or will I continue to let my automatic mind choose stress over peace of mind? Choose resilience over dealing with what needs to be done and moving on? Or will I take charge of my own state of mind? It's an awfully, awfully simple choice. It's literally life-changing, but it's an awfully simple choice for the simple reason it's a choice that's just made now. You don't have to decide today to utterly change your life off into the future. But the choices you make now will impact and actually create or recreate, reinvent perhaps, your life off into the future. Because your life is only lived in now. It's the only place in time in which we can be. It's the only place in time in which we can put our best foot forward. And yet, we're saying things to ourselves like, Well, I put up with this for years, I'll soldier on, and I'll be proud of it, I'll give myself a medal. Or, you know, I couldn't break away from the relationship in which I find myself even though I know I'd be the better for it because it would make me, it would take me outside my comfort zone. Or I'll, I'll put up with it, I'll put on a brave face, I'll do it because everybody else is kind of in the same boat too. And you know, to be quite honest, most people are in that boat because most people are normal. Think about what the word normal means. They're actually conforming to a set of norms that enough normal, crazy people have got together to decide upon. This is the way we live our lives. You need to start living your life your way. You need to start forgetting about the need we all think we have to cope with what life throws at us. Life's throwing challenges at us all of the time and we'd be far better off dealing with those challenges than saying to ourselves, I'll soldier on and cope with this challenge. And I'd certainly be far better able to cope with whatever life throws at me today if I have chosen not to be stressed. Now, that's the real point of this episode. Life is full of choices. You are where you are in your life today as a result of every single choice you have made in your adult life up to here and now. Let's take that sentence and look at it under the microscope. We're not talking about your life as a child for the simple reason that you were young and impressionable at that point in your life. You are taking what psychology calls psychological snapshots of what people were doing for you or more to the point what people were doing to you. And they together gave you your impression of who you think you are. The person we talked about earlier on who hasn't a clue what's going on and hasn't a clue as to what your real and true capabilities or potential might be. This this person who's shouting at you all the time, thinking that he has a right to tell you what to do, when he or she knows absolutely nothing because He or she is a person made up of how you think about the things that were done to you when you were young and impressionable. At the age of 12 or 13, you stop taking psychological snapshots. And from then on, you have been living your life in accordance with the stuff that you learned when you were young and impressionable. And you've been living your life automatically. So when I say to you that you are where you are and it is what it is, at this point in your life now, because of all of the choices that you made in your adult life in every moment up to now, the chances are, there's a 96% chance that all the choices that you made, or almost all the choices that you made, were automatic choices, because the normal mind runs automatically on, surprise, surprise, what psychology calls the autopilot. And like any Autopilot, it needs programs and the programs your Autopilot uses are the programs that you did learn when you were young and impressionable. And because it's running an Automatic Pilot, running the same programs from one day to the next, try as you might to change your life, you always end up in the same place. (laughs) Because that is what an Automatic Pilot does. So the choice you have to make now is obviously not an automated one. So what choice am I talking about? It's actually a really simple one and it's life-changing. The choice you have to make now is whether I will let the autopilot run my mind now or not. It's that simple. You don't have to have some concept of what your life's goal is. You don't even at this moment in time, although we'll talk about it in later episodes, have to have big goals and objectives. You know, most of the people with whom I work when I meet them first really haven't a clue what they actually want out of life. A lot of them think they know what they want out of life, but then you're back into the world of thought. And as you will have gathered, as this episode even has progressed, thought gets us into trouble. Thought brings us to dark places. Thought burns our energy. Thought kills our body. We need to stop thinking. That's the choice. So in this moment, you have a choice between paying attention to what's actually going on in the here and now, or leaving your mind race on autopilot. It couldn't be simpler. This is where meditation comes into its own. Now, I know, I know, very often when I mention the word meditation, people get turned off. Or they say, ah, uh, that's, that's a bit airy-fairy at the number of times, that's been said to me, I have lost count. Or uh, that's just, you know, you know, fooling yourself into being calm and happy, and then when you finished your meditation, you're back with a bang to reality. The fact is, of course, you're not back to a bang with reality at all. You're back with a bang to your version of reality. Meditation comes into its own because it is the training by which we practice and learn and develop our ability to pay attention to the present moment. And in doing so, stop paying attention to the thoughts that trigger stress. The thoughts that enable us pride ourselves on putting up with stuff that we shouldn't have to put up with at all. The thoughts that stop us from understanding our own potential. The thoughts that put us down. None of the things that I've just mentioned is real. You know, people talk to me about low self-esteem don't understand what that means. People talk about boosting their self-confidence. Don't understand what that means either. Because if you stop thinking the thoughts that gave rise to, oh, I'm suffering from low self-esteem or I need to boost my self-confidence. If you stopped paying attention to the thoughts that give rise to that crap in your own head, you'd realise, oh, I'm somebody completely different to who I thought I was. A lot of my clients when they start developing their ability to pay attention to the here and now, are startled by their own potential, are startled by the difference between their clarity of mind and the madness of the normal, crazy, loud and noisy mind. And all you have to do, for starters, Because everything starts at some point in time. And that point in time is now. You're either going to start to continue being mad and doing yourself down and slowly killing yourself through everyday stress. Or you're going to start something completely and utterly new. And it's a choice you make now. And now and now and now and every now. So you don't have to look off into the future and say, oh, I'm going to have this kind of life or that kind of life. We'll come back to that in a later later episode or two. The choice you have to make now is a far more fundamental and actually very, very simple one. Am I going to take a breath and feel what that actually feels like? Am I going to listen to the birds? Outside, don't know if you can hear them, but a number of people have said to me, can you not turn those birds off? And what I keep saying to them is, those birds provide us with an opportunity to give all of our attention to just the sound of their chirping in the moment. Those birds are either a distraction that will lead to stress, or a wonderful experience of the moment. You choose and that's the choice that I'm talking about. You choose. I said a minute ago that this is where meditation comes into its own and I also said that an awful lot of people get turned off when I mention the word meditation. But meditation does the exact opposite to the body as compared to what stress does to the body. We now have over two decades of research that proves conclusively that meditation for starters, reduces your heart rate. Meditation reduces your blood pressure. Meditation reverses the buildup of fatty cholesterol in the cardiovascular system. Meditation boosts the digestive system. And meditation boosts the immune system. More importantly, we know that meditation engages the parts of the brain that enable you begin to become acquainted with your own real inner potential. Meditation enables you take charge of your ability to pay attention to what's going on and thereby stop giving your attention automatically to what you think is going on. Meditation restructures the key parts of the brain to enable us know what's going on moment to moment in the cut and thrust of our daily lives. Not while we're meditating, but actually when we're out there doing our thing, living our lives, doing what we need to do effortlessly to get to where we want to go. Meditation restructures the parts of the brain that enable you make the right choices moment to moment, make the right decisions moment to moment. Come up with the right solutions to every single problem you'll ever encounter, moment to moment. As a client said to me yesterday, meditation has enabled me open my eyes. And you know what she discovered when she opened her eyes? She discovered that she's standing in the midst of a sea of opportunities. That sea of opportunities was there all the time, but with her eyes closed, thinking normally she was drowning in the sea, not realizing that she can use the opportunities all around her to flow effortlessly in her life. And all she has to do is open her eyes. All she has to do is choose. All you have to do is choose just now. You've been listening to To Succeed, Just Let Go. To get involved, join me in my Facebook group, strangely enough, called To Succeed, Just Let Go. And for more information, visit wwwwillie